Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Bear and Federated Insurance. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the podcast. We get asked a lot of questions all about partnerships, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, what the benefits are, what the, the cons are, right? If you were making a pros and cons list, you know, how should a partnership function? How do you divide responsibility? Does it have to be equal? Um, you know, we're not gonna talk too much about the financial side of a partnership, right? And what has to operate for that side of it, but more on the day-to-day operational side. Uh, and more importantly, how do you make sure it's beneficial for the business, right? What's the benefit to, to bringing on a partner or starting as a partnership? Um, and again, just kind of walking through the good, the bad, and the ugly with that. And so today's episode, uh, we've got two good friends of mine on here uh, that we're going to interview, uh, Sean Davies and Tom Heiler of Heiler Painting in Philadelphia. Uh, and we're going to kind of share a little bit about how they've worked together over the years, their background, uh, how they came to partner together in the business. Uh, it wasn't something they hit the ground running with uh, from day one. Uh, Sean came into the business as a partner with Tom later on, and I'll have, uh, I'm sure he'll share a little bit about that. But we want to talk through how have they worked together, how have they scaled and grown Heiler Painting to where they're at today, uh, and then also a, a big piece of it has been the implementation of the visionary integrator role uh, from the EOS uh, on Entrepreneur Operating System in Traction. Uh, so we want to highlight a little bit of that because that's a topic. The book Traction gets brought up a lot. I see that a lot in Facebook groups um, here in the painting industry. We talked through some of that with some of our clients, so that would be a good opportunity to highlight how they've implemented that into their business as well. And so I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Sean, Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. I know we've been talking about this for a while, and uh, I'm glad we finally have the opportunity to to run with this. Um, I always just like to open it up and say, share a little bit about the Hyler painting story. And, and Tom, I'm going to say that probably should start out with you. Yeah. So um, growing up, my father was a painter. He's what we call a journeyman. And he bounced around to a couple of different companies. Right. And um, uh, I worked uh, over the summers with him uh, while I was in high school. And um, I learned a lot of like a lot about the trade. And then when I decided to go to college, I joined um, a program called College Works Painting. It's the idea of students managing a painting company. Um, I did really well there. I worked there uh, for all four years throughout college. I've grown. Um, I worked as an intern to branch manager to uh, district manager. And then when I graduated, I started to uh, like, I didn't think I was going to stay in painting, right? Because you've done it for so long and you're saying, uh, you know, it's time to get out of painting. I, I know this, I want to start my career and be a business consultant or something. And then um, I interviewed for a couple different jobs and I was like, this isn't like, this isn't it. And um, at the same time, my dad was getting laid off. And um, every winter he would get laid off. So I was like, you know what? I can go sell some work for you. So I started out. Um, it was just me, uh, one other person, and um, 
uh, like my father was painting. He, he didn't want to get into the business. He was a lifelong painter, he, not really a business person, uh, really good at the trade. But I started out with two people. I uh, went down one street. I knocked on a bunch of doors. I took the client's deposits, the 25% down, and I used that money to fund the company. And now um, year over year, we've grown by around, uh, on average, 25%. Uh, we have around 50 people painting right now. Um, and we're going to do close to 6 million this year. So, uh, that was 10 years ago uh, when I started the company and, uh, uh, you know, just a couple of milestones, like as far as the story goes, um, like back in year three of the company, I realized that, um, one, it's no fun doing it by yourself. Uh, like as much, like, and I realized that I had some, uh, weak spots like that I needed some help with. So I was able to tap into uh, my previous relationships at College Works Painting. Um, and I brought on a partner. Um, well, he wasn't really a partner. He came on uh, just to help me grow the company. He, like he was gonna come on like, like as an estimator for me. And there was no ownership ties to it. One month in to him um, joining, I was diagnosed with stage four uh, cancer. So for um, two years, during that period, um, I was battling cancer and trying to grow the company. And then I eventually had to lean on this person that I helped recruit to join the company. And I gave him um, uh, like partial ownership of the company, which was a huge help. Um, and during that time, like that learning experience of dealing with 24 cycles of chemo, seven surgeries, all while still trying to grow a company, it really forced me to, um, like take a step back and be hands off in the business. Um, and uh, I had a lot of people, like I had to trust my employees to do their job. And it's a funny thing that when you trust people to do their job, people normally want to do a good job. Like, like, eh, like they don't need to be micromanaged if you have good people. Um, and then I just had a, like a good support system to really help me grow. And that's how Sean joined. I reached out and said, Sean, I'm gonna be, you know, in the hospital a lot. Uh, like you crushed it with me in college works painting. You have a nice corporate job, but you want to make some extra money doing some sales. So um, when Sean joined, uh, he was just kind of helping out. And then we really saw the value that Sean was going to bring and adding a different dynamic like to the business. And um, it was just uh, once I got a clean bill of health, like two years later, we were able to uh, really push Sean to join and like help take us to the next level. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So Sean, you came in through College Works as well. Kind of share just a little bit of your background here before you you jumped in in the partnership here with Tom. Yeah, so um, you know, like Tom said, we met uh, back in college. I went to a different school um, and it was funny. Tom left out a big part. He was the top dog in College Works that year. And so I saw a number on the... He's humble, yeah. Um, on the leaderboard, I finally meet him. I think, oh my gosh, this guy. And then but I never really got to see him much. Then in uh, the, you know, annual trips we got to, you know, Cancun, Utah, we started getting to room together and that's really where our friendship and, you know, bond grew out of that. So um, I stayed at college works for five years, realized similar to Tom, you know, this is not what I want to do, you know, forever. So ended up working at Boeing for a few years, um, which was a good experience of learning what corporate America is like and that, all the red tape and stuff is, you know, not for me. Um, you know, it was frustrating. And 
so I was helping out part-time, you know, nights, weekends, uh, doing, uh, you know, estimates and, uh, looked at the business and it, it really was growing and, uh, you know, it made sense to, to come on and try and help and, um, you know, get us to kind of where we are today. So, um, so yeah, in 2017, I came on and, um, you know, we've been growing since then. That's cool. So I'm sure you guys both saw like the potential benefits of collaborating together here in Hyler Painting right? Uh, and Tommy, you said something, entrepreneurship is super lonely, right? Like, especially when you're building it on your own. And uh, even when you have employees and stuff, it still feels isolating to some degree. And so it's, it is nice sometimes having people to, to run with together in the marathon, if you will. Um, so obviously, you guys both saw the potential for you guys together as the business, you guys individually, probably right, like that, you know, two heads are better than one in this when you guys started kind of partnering together, obviously Sean, you kind of already had your foot in the door with the company, but like, how did you guys make that transition to full blown? Like, Hey, we're partners. We're running this business together. Was that a easy transition for you guys? Was it a difficult transition to work through that you really had to find your roles? Like just share a little bit about that. So, um, like, like I'll tee this off. I mean, it wasn't a smooth transition because like, as I alluded to, we had, uh, uh, like I had another partner and um, we ended up splitting ways and I've identified that uh, you need to have the right partner um, like like and it needs to be the right person uh, that you can work well with. And uh, not to say that um, like I think our visions were different, like and that's about it. And um, there's a lack of communication on those visions. And uh, I learned early on or not early on, but I learned that a lot of people go through partnership splits, like, and it can be really messy, right? But luckily, Sean was kind of there through that whole transition. And it was pretty smooth transition to say, all right, Sean, uh, like, you're going to buy out his shares, like, and buy out his portion, because we know that that was the end goal anyway. Like, Sean came on with the idea of being a partner. Um, and we gave him some, uh, some sweat equity. And um, it was a smooth transition from kind of a previous bad relationship, like in a partnership. And it's nothing personal against the guy. Like uh, I was very close with him. It's just um, much smoother transition. And we've now like damn near tripled, like since uh, I think we found our sweet spot uh, with the partnership uh, in that relationship. That's cool. Um, how have you guys been able to work so well together in the business, right? I know as you said something earlier, Tom, you said you were looking for somebody with like the strengths, you know, to kind of compliment you and stuff. Like where have you guys found yourself? Like when you said you've tripled since you found the sweet spot, like what does that sweet spot look like for you guys? Like in my opinion, you can't be doing the same thing. It's gotta be a division of labor. Um, yeah. uh, like, and I think that you have to complement each other well. And uh, it's almost like, a marriage like uh, or a relationship where like opposites attract right i mean like like there's a lot of things that sean is passionate about that i'm not and he's good at that i'm not um like and that really works well uh, uh with each other and uh like to give an example one of our employees just recently said is like hey one of the main reasons i love working here is because there's a good balance between the owners i'm the gas and like he said sean's the brakes Right. So I'm trying to go, go, go. And having that person to kind of um, like slow us down when needed to stay on track. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. And it was a perfect analogy that they gave. But um, 
if I didn't have any breaks, we'd crash. And I, in my opinion, I think most entrepreneurs and most business owners, like especially um, in the early years, I didn't have any breaks. It was just go, go, go. And I was creating more of a mess and a larger mess. I mean, I was still growing and stuff like that, but I needed someone to kind of really help uh, help slow me down a bit and help uh, like steer, like and make sure that I'm going the right way. That's good. Sean, when you are the breaks in the relationship. I love the analogy. It actually sounds kind of terrible almost, but I love the analogy because it makes sense. Do you ever feel like, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring this to a point here after you answer the question, but do you ever feel like sometimes Tom's go, go, go mentality helps you let off the brakes a little bit? Like, do you ever feel like the realistic side of the company? It's easy sometimes just to make decisions to slow things down, but reality, like he kind of helps you understand why things should keep going. Oh yeah. I mean, multiple times I'm trying to get something perfect before I roll it out and you know, it's a progress before over per, uh, perfection. Right. And so it's a constant reminder between both of us of this is too much gas and him saying not enough gas. I need more. You're like I, I need to see some progress here. Definitely. Yeah. No, that's good. And the reason I asked that is because I think, as you said, Tom, I think most entrepreneurs have the go, 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 go mentality, right? But I also think there's people that have more of the realistic, like, hey, we want to do this smart, right? We want to kind of be, make sure we don't overextend ourselves so much, right? I know that's been a big focus for us is, I hope you should see the to-do list of things we want to implement in our business in the next two years. But I know that there's a time and a place for everything, right? And I almost kind of wonder, because I don't have a partner, right? That's an opposite mentality. I try to be the gas and the brakes. I'm, I'm the whole damn car here. Like, you know, like, do we ever stop ourselves from something that we should be moving on because I'm trying to be smart about not overextending ourselves. Right. So I think you guys having that kind of yin and yang balance probably is a very good thing for you guys because you're able to work through stuff together. Sean, you see points of view that Tom, you may not see and vice versa. And so you guys are able to kind of pivot with each other. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think um, like this partnership would work without that. Right. Like I said, like, I think that it's needed and it's the same thing. Like, like we can use the analogy as a, like uh, as a marriage, right. Um, husband and wife, right. It's like, there's like, there's always yin and yang, like those relationships and uh, there's division of labor and one is uh, overspending and the other one's managing the budget. And it's like a very similar. And um, yeah, like we wouldn't be where we're at and we're not going to get to where we want, like, uh, where we want to go without, um, that relationship. Yeah, no, that's good. What are some lessons that you guys learned the hard way, um, weaknesses and things you guys had to overcome along the journey of working together? Uh, again, I think this is something we see again, a lot of people start from day one with a partner. We see people bring partners on down the road. Like, do you guys have any insights um, from either direction here? Uh, and we're not trying to start a fight at your office here and recording this, but um, <laughs> do you guys have some questions or thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, um, the biggest thing for us is just making sure, and we have a specific meeting about it, right? It's tomorrow night is it's our same page meeting, right? Making sure that we are aligned hundred percent. And if we're off that there's, you know, an open, honest space to be able to talk about that and figure out what's different and what's, uh, what's changed in our mindsets over the past month. Um, you know, cause life changes, right? Something happens, you know, uh, you know, I have two kids, Tom had his first son this year. So now it's like, or that 
our, our mindset might have changed in the past year. So making sure that the plan is still the same and all of that. Um, so just making sure that communication is a hundred percent clear and that it's all any concerns or issues you have at, you know, come out. How often do you guys have that meeting? Uh, we do it once a month. Um, good. Yep. Uh, like, and it's, uh, like on the calendar, um, like set, uh, the second Thursday of every month. And, uh, we know we got a three hour kind of get together and then a nice dinner afterwards. Yeah. So you do the dinner afterwards, right? So it's the meeting and then the dinner, not even combined together. Like I mean, the sometimes there's time. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it flows into the dinner. Sometimes. You ever wanted to not go to dinner together after the meeting? Cause it was, no, I'm just kidding. I uh, don't answer that. But, um, and no, I think that's great. Yeah. I think a once a month huddle on that to make sure expectations are the same. Um, and obviously, it, you know, it, it, you guys doing $6 million, you guys have so many more moving pieces than somebody that's at a million too, right? So I think it's even more crucial. Somebody listening to this and I'm like, man, three hours a month, every month, again, everything's to scale, right? So I think that's a really good thing. And I love that you guys have that set in your calendar every single month to make sure you guys are moving forward on the same page. Yeah, but it's also to communicate, not just monthly, right? Like if it was something where, um, where we just had that set month, like you can let things boil up and boil up, right? Like I look at that monthly meeting as a way to just uh, balance the emotional bank account, like in the sense of like, hey, making sure that we're like, we can still like, we're still comfortable with each other, like making sure that trust is always there, right? And then like in between, we may have a Monday meeting, and maybe uh, we get a little heated with each other, like, uh, in the meeting and then we know that we have that level of trust that we just uh like i step into his office like hey like are we good like let's make sure that we see eye to eye because it, like you need to be on the same page every day not just once a month right the same page meeting is more a big picture uh like more like big picture like what are our goals two three years from now um and uh we have a lot of other hats that we're wearing like like and we try to keep those hats kind of in the office so then we go to that meeting, we're talking a lot about the big picture stuff, like a lot about the cultural stuff and uh, like talking about our uh, kids in the business, right? Cause it, like, yeah. uh, like, like as the family grows, like, yeah. like we have to make sure that we're um, uh, on the same page with who we're growing with. But um, yeah, like I think we have to be on the same page every day, but that set monthly meeting is something I look forward to every month because I know that's where we're going to be able to let, like, let loose and talk about the big picture because we're all in the weeds all day long. And we have to, that's my one opportunity to get out of the weeds. Um, and once a month, we know we're going to do that and talk big picture. I love it. So you guys keep that same page meeting, high level, more ownership focused, right? And then did yep. you say you guys have a Monday meeting, more like low key hats you're wearing in the office side of it? Is that what you said? Well, like we have our uh, level 10 meeting, uh, like yep. for people that are read like uh, EOS. And then we, um, I also report to Sean, uh, like, like as the sales manager, right? So Sean is the integrator. So I have the hat of, I, I'm managing the sales and marketing team. So we have to, like, he has to hold me accountable in those yeah. areas, right? And focus on like making sure like everything is being implemented properly. Um, so yeah, like there's other meetings where I have to take this hat off and put on another hat and yep. be ready to be held accountable. Like, and be ready to be coached. Right. Um, yep. so, 
uh, we're working out of there. Goal is to grow out of that and be a, a visionary, right? But yeah. realistically, yeah, I'm the visionary by title, but I also have three other seats that I'm sitting in. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I know we're going to come back to that here a little bit more on next week's episode. I want to I want to finish this episode off here more so focused on the partnership side of it a little bit. Um, like I said, we're going to dive a little bit more into traction and stuff too. Um, just a couple of things that we get asked a lot that I think you guys could probably shed some great light on would be, you know, how I guess one question for you guys, like when did you guys hit a million? Like how many years into the business did it take you to get to the million ish mark? And then how many years to go from a million to, you said you guys are going to do six here in 20, in 2023. So, um, year three, right? Well, no, it was year four, probably 2016 is when we hit a million. We did 1.2. And at that time I just got, uh, like I just, uh, I uh, gotten into remission, like from cancer. Well, then at that point from 2016, that's when I was able to like really, really work, right? And not be kind of part-time there. And so from 2016, we hit a million, uh, like, and that's where we're at. Okay. How did you guys, how did you guys market and how do you guys market now to get the amount of leads you guys need, you know, in those early stages, but then obviously to, you know, so 2016, so seven years later to take that from 1 million to 6 million, like how has that progressed over time for you guys? I mean, I was gonna say it's, it's a lot of different sources. You know, we, we were constantly trying something new. I do think when we were, uh, first of all, we relied a lot on home advisor and Angie's list and that paid for leads and, um, you know, transitioned as we could slowly away from that, um, you know, doing yeah. some direct mail stuff. Um, you know, like Tom said, part of the reason he started this was to try not to have to lay anyone off in the winter. We used to go door to door in the winter ourselves if we didn't have work. Um, so it was kind of a do whatever it takes to, to go get those leads and get that, um, you know, business. But, uh, I mean, there's probably 15 or 20 sources that we have now that all, you know, kind of feed it. Uh, so I would say, um, it changes every year, right? Like we, uh, find that one source works. And then we spend as much as we can in that source. And then we realize in order to grow, we need to add another source. So every year has been kind of its own focus and what we've been trying to accomplish. Um, this year, I mean, 40, like 3% of our business is going to come from repeat or referral, which I'm proud of that number. Yeah. Um, like we'll be growing uh, at the pace that we are. And one of the things that we implemented were just different campaigns to uh, like reach out to a lot of our raving fans and re-engage with a lot of them. And we've gotten a ton of business from that. Um, uh, but I also think um, you asked the question earlier, uh, like about like what really helped grow and with partnerships, like I just want to address that really quickly is that two partners can't be doing the same thing, right? Like I learned that on like, uh, like both partners can't be doing uh, like estimates, right? And also be project managers there's too much of a conflict there and there's too much of a um, who's pulling their weight in which department. That's why it's important to have the yin and yang is there needs to be that division of, all right, you're focusing on sales. I'm focusing on operations. Right. And I think a lot of times people will hire someone because they're pretty similar to themselves and want to be partners with them. But like, I just wanted to address that is you yeah. can't have two people doing the same thing. So we yes. need to split that up as much as possible. Sometimes it overlaps, but 
Like that's just a tip is I, like, I've had terrible experiences with that. And it was just mixed, uh, like mixed messaging. That's good. Um, I'm going to come back to that as we start talking more in the visionary integrator role too. And like how you guys have exactly said that, um, you know, Tom, I know you said you kind of take on the sales manager, you know, hat and stuff. So I want to dive into that a lot more deeper here in next week's episode. Um, but I love what you said on that. And I think it is so true. The division of labor is such a key thing in a partnership, whether it's a husband and wife, whether it's non-married people, like whatever it is, any partnership has to have very key defined roles, responsibilities, and accountabilities, right? Because again, when you got two people doing the same thing, they're gonna do it differently. Um, We have one of our clients as a partnership, uh, we've had them on the show once or twice, uh, but they had their own companies and they merged together and created their own company. Well, guess what? You have two people that do things completely different in their own businesses that now have to figure out what is the system of how we do things as one company, right? you know, you guys came from the college works mentality, uh, you know, so you guys probably had a little bit of similar backgrounds and beliefs on that, but um, I know that can definitely be a challenge. So, um, well guys, I think this was a great starting place. Um, I'm excited to dive in a little bit more into the visionary integrator role. I didn't want to cram it all here in one episode. Uh, So here on next week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit more with Sean and Tom uh, about how they've focused on the visionary, the integrator side of it, and then also, again, what that division of roles, responsibilities, who wears what hats, um, accountability, and all of those things. So, guys, I'm looking forward to picking this back up here next week with you guys. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Cool. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.